Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do another podcast. This one's going to be talking about Disney's record-breaking box office uh, success of last year of 2019. But I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Barry. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Good. Uh, so yeah, obviously it's been a couple of months since obviously the end of last year. We're almost into May now. This is last day of April, of course. Uh, but history is still history, um, and history has not been broken yet or whatever. But um, yeah, Disney had a very very big year last year for their box office success. And um, I think if you if you go back to some podcasts maybe or maybe some tweets of mine at the start of last year, I said this was possibly going to be a, a a possible thing that would happen. Because um, if you looked at last year before everything came out, you've got um, obviously Endgame, huge film. You've got uh, Frozen 2, obviously a follow-up to the big success of, of the first Frozen. Toy Story 4, um, you know, the end of the Star Wars trilogy. They, they, they sort of had two of the ends of their big sagas, like the, obviously the end of the whole Skywalker saga. Because that wasn't just the end of the trilogy, that was the end of the whole saga. So that was a big one. Uh, Endgame and just, just a whole bunch of, of others. And I remember going into the year thinking like, Disney might do really, really well this year. Turns out they did. Uh, they, they broke the record uh, of the box office uh, thing from uh, from previous years uh, so i'm going to go through some information we got here and then we can dig into things a bit more so this is from variety so i'm just mentioning the source that i've got this from to give them credit and all that so it says here at the start of the decade uh disney's film business was um enfembled. uh the studio ran perpetually uh last or nearly um last for domestic market share and its international grosses were only modest uh, cut to the end of 2019, and Disney has hit a stunning historic milestone, and earning 33% of all domestic box office gross of the year. Uh, according to Comscore, it's the first time since at least 1999 that a single studio has commanded such this much uh, box office revenue in the US and Canada. Uh, that's not including you know, international markets and that. Uh, we are very proud of our studio team and the extraordinary slate of films they delivered uh, to fans all around the world in 2019. Disney... Um, Co-chairman and creative, uh, chief creative officer Alan Horn and co-chairman Alan uh, Bergman uh, said in a statement that was uh, a year like no other. So that's what we heard about the year as well. Hey everyone, I've just been going through and editing the episode um, and we had to actually use the backup recorder for this because the recorder that I normally use uh, just decided to stop working. It happens now and again and uh, it's just something you have to deal with. Um, what I'm going to do on this part, because the part that I'm basically recording now is um, a redone part of the bit that w- when the recorder started to sort of mess up. Because uh, what sort of happened as well was I was using the normal recorder, uh, that stopped working, and then I said to Barry, okay, I'll just use the backup recorder and I'll, I'll edit it later, which is what I'm doing now. Um, so the only thing we talked about there, it was only for about a minute or so that it... it um, uh, the, the audio actually got kind of messed up because I've just been listening to that part of the podcast and uh, the audio's not really usable. Uh, so the thing that I talked about there was basically uh, the individual films uh, or some of the some of the big um, Disney films and their numbers. So I'm, ju- I'm just going to go through and read those out and then you can listen to the obviously the rest of the podcast. Uh, so you've got Marvel Studios. Uh, sorry, the, the studio scaled um, these heights with a murderous row of blockbusters um, from almost every single division of the company, shattering the record for the most movies to surpass one billion worldwide in a calendar year. Marvel Studios, uh, Captain Marvel, 1.13 billion. And Avengers Endgame 2.8 billion, Disney's live-action Aladdin 1.5 billion, and The Lion King 1.66 billion, uh, Pixar's Toy Story 4 1.7 billion, 
and Walt Disney's animation uh, animated, of course, Frozen 2, 1.26 billion, and with uh, 815.7 million worldwide and counting, Lucasfilm Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker should soon um, join that as well. So this was actually written as Star Wars was coming out, or as it was out, sorry, and still making money. Of course, it did eventually cross a billion dollars. Uh, I don't have the full number on me, but uh, yeah, that's essentially all, all the part that I read out in the part of the podcast that got messed up basically so i'm giving you the better version of that i suppose so um yeah in the next part we went and talked on it we went and talked about those films so um enjoy the rest of the podcast but yeah that was that was most of their films so most of what they had uh, last year uh, and then it's got box, box domestic box office sorry uh, market share so this is when it compares to the other studios so you've got 20th century fox was five percent uh, paramount five percent lionsgate 6.8 percent sony 11.9 percent uh, universal 13.4 percent uh, warner brothers 13.7 uh, and then disney with 33.2 percent so quite a big um share of the market there of course um, so yeah, they broke the uh, box office record um, last year. Oh, I do have some more information here as well. Um, I'll, d- I'll just read out this whole thing and then we'll, we'll just discuss it kind of as a whole and then we'll maybe go through some of the separate films and that. Uh, if Disney's market um, place supremacy wasn't already self-evident, this should um, clinch it. Six of the studio's films this year, Endgame, Lion King, Toy Story 4, Frozen 2, Captain Marvel and The Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars obviously, top the domestic box office um for the year. Marvel Studios co-produced 7th highest grossing film uh, for 2019. Sony's uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. The 8th highest was Aladdin. So that's a bit more of that. Um, There is simply no um, precedent for this level of um, domestic box office success uh, domination in modern Hollywood history. No studio has come close. All told, Disney has uh, to date earned 3.7 billion domestically in all-time record uh, and 7.35 billion internationally in all-time record for a global take of 11.2 billion. Uh, Yes, an all-time record. Uh, Those totals, by the way, do not reflect the grosses from this year's releases from 20th Street Fox, but factoring in Fox's uh, Disney... Fox... Sorry, factoring in Fox inches Disney's worldwide gross uh, up to 13.15 uh, billion, practically a rounding error um, and a stark reminder of how far Disney's latest acquisition uh, has to go to equal its new corporate cousins, it says. Of course, this is still all from Variety. So. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts 
and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Yeah, what else do you have here? Uh, granted, there were a couple of slips along the way. Dumbo didn't um, take flight. That's an interesting pun there. Uh, <laughs> earning just 114 million domestically and 353 million uh, worldwide against a reported 170 million uh, budget. It will lose money for the studio. And Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, which I think was a sequel, wasn't it? Uh, was equally middling in the US and Canada with a 113 million domestically. Uh, though um, healthier internationally grosses uh, boosted the global take to 494 million Um, but Disney stacked release calendar which gave the November launch of its streaming service Disney Plus a more enticing catalogue of major hits pushed the studio's box office heights to never um, seen before and perhaps never again the next phase of Marvel Cinematic Universe launches in May well it didn't obviously because this was written before everything happened uh with the comparatively smaller black widow lucasfilm has put star wars movie into um carbonite it says until at least 2022 that's when the next star wars film is supposed to be but we'll see what happens with that uh the studio's namesake um action live action dis- uh, division is running out of a-list animated features it can remake and the theatrical marketplace remains terribly challenged uh, domestic grosses were down over 4% for the year, um, and Disney, Warner Media, and Comcast are all shifting resources to support their uh, respective uh, direct-to-consumer streaming services, so uh, like HBO Max, Disney Plus, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, still, Disney looks to dominate the box office well into the upcoming decade too. In November, the company updated its release uh, calendar with a gargantuan number of titles. Simply put, Disney will be open. Will open. Sorry. Uh, at least one film every month for the next four years, uh, save for April 2023, when apparently the company's uh, distribution, marketing, and publicity teams will finally get uh, to rest. Of course, some of this has not not the not the box office numbers, but some of the schedules and stuff. Like obviously, Black Widow didn't come out in, or it won't come out in May, obviously, because uh, of what's going on at the moment. So this was written before, you know, everything happened with the with the virus and that. But um. Yeah, what do you make of Disney's box office success for uh, 2019? Well, I'd like to say I'm surprised, um, <laughs> but I'm really not because, I mean, it really does kind of feel that Disney are actually ruling the world at the moment, or at least trying to. Um, I've been I, I, I've been a huge Disney fan ever since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, we can't forget that obviously Disney established themselves and really did cement themselves as a huge company within the realm of entertainment for decades and decades and decades ago. You know, what Walt Disney famously once said it, you know, he said he didn't want people to forget that it all started with a mouse. It's clearly transcended well above that now. Um, But, uh, you know, you go back to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs released in 1937. You know, that was the very first animated film ever released. Walt was advised not to make it. Nobody's going to want to sit there, sitting there for an hour and a half watching a cartoon. And it became the highest grossing film of all time. And uh, he, pro- he proved proved the world wrong. Um, yeah, it just hit after hit. I mean, it's like you said, there's been a couple of films that have underperformed at the box office and that and haven't really been met with, you know, much, much critical reception. But 
Disney are consistent. They're consistent. And obviously, with having their hands on Star Wars now and having their hands on Marvel especially, because mm-hmm. obviously with Avengers Endgame now being the highest grossing movie of all time, surpassing Avatar at the box office, making nearly $2.8 billion, um, <laughs> it, it's just an unprecedented amount of money. But it was a movie that Disney have obviously the Marvel Universe has been carefully constructed. I believe Endgame was the I think the 22nd or 23rd film in the MCU. Yeah, 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 carefully constructed and it's clearly paid off. Um, You know, even Lion King, uh, my prediction, I was talking to some people last year saying that I expect Lion King to be the second highest grossing film of the year. But the only film that's going to beat it is obviously Endgame which was obviously the biggest, probably the most anticipated movie of the year for a lot of people. Even Lion King, I believe it made just over 1.6 bill. Yeah, so there's 1.66 um, here. So, yeah. yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, they're, uh, obviously Disney Plus is proving to be a huge success as well. I don't think there's any signs of Disney slowing down, certainly not anytime soon. I mean, like I said, I mean, I I, I grew up watching all of the Disney animated features. To me, that's what I associate Disney with, all them kind of magical Disney animated films. Um, But, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's gone. It's gone beyond that. Now Disney are taking over as many companies as they can. They obviously own Fox now as well, don't they? Yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what a lot of because there's a lot of 20th Century Fox are one of the big studios or were one of the big studios. It's going to be really interesting to see where some of them franchises are going to go, whether they're going to be kept in limbo or rebooted or or what, you know. Uh, one other thing I don't think was written in here, um, which was actually mentioned on John Campier's show a few months ago, is that they sold every one in three tickets was that was sold this year was for a Disney film or for a Disney-owned film. Obviously, some of those tickets included Endgame, Star Wars, etc. Um, so that that's pretty incredible as well. And one of the reasons I because I don't this isn't the usual type of podcast I, I do. Obviously, we do like reviews and discussion and other bits and pieces here. Um, because I I did before when Endgame uh became the highest grossing film, I went through like the top ten or top twenty sort of list. Um, but not really any people are not many people, if any people, are sort of um talking about uh this actual situation. It dep- I don't know how many people actually know that this has sort of actually happened. Uh, to be honest, um, because at, at the time when this was like announced, I saw John Campier do a, a, a video on it, and uh, a couple of obviously Variety here has, has has reported it, but no one else was really kind of talking about it and. I'd be interested to know how many people actually know that this is a, a thing that sort of happened, um, and uh, yep. yeah, could kind of sort of go from there or whatever. So, what was you going to say? I think most people. I, I think most. I mean, we all we all know Disney are rich. I don't think some people yeah. realise. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, Disney is a household name. You could be four or five years old. Everyone knows Disney. It's a worldwide brand that that that, that Walt built from the ground up and. You know, it, it's it's like I said, you know, the, the facts speak for themselves. They're dominating the box office at the moment. Certainly having Marvel certainly helps. But when it comes to animation, I mean, another big studio animation studio out there is DreamWorks. DreamWorks are big. 
But even then, if you look, obviously the first, uh, the Shrek franchise was successful, etc. Disney just can't seem to put a foot wrong with, with especially not over the last few years with with animated films. Even back in 2016, the five the five highest grossing films of the year were all Disney. I believe it was Finding Dory, uh, Captain America: Civil War, The Jungle Book, Star Wars: Rogue One, and Zootropolis were the highest grossing films of that year, and they're all di- they're all divisions of Disney. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I believe was it of the top ten last year? Nine, I believe nine of them were Disney, weren't they? I think. I think I think that's what this this said. Yeah, the thing that I just read out. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I, th- I guess one other thing to kind of point out, I don't really toot my own horn, own horn, so to speak, very often, but I was right about that, I suppose. I mean, it's not a, a thing to be easily sort of wrong about, but uh, yeah, I just remember going into the year and thinking like, hey, Disney have got a lot of like really huge films. Like, an, 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 You don't get you know a Toy Story film very often every sort of 10 years or whatever, and Toy Story 4 probably is the last one. Um but like I just remember going into this year and being like, okay, Frozen, big sequel to a big film, end of Star Wars, end of the current saga at least from Marvel. You've got um like you know the live action stuff in there as well, and and all the others that are sort of in here. Um and turns out yeah they they did do very damn well. So um it's interesting in this because uh, the graph I talked about earlier with everybody having sort of five or eleven percent uh there's another one listed here called other which is 11 i wonder if that's some of that's maybe dreamworks because they did have um wasn't it house of train your dragon the the last one of them yeah. was last yeah. year as well I, I think um yeah but yeah it's interesting you know w- w- with that and then they, they've obviously got the 33 percent there for uh for disney so uh they've done incredibly I mean, well i'm go on sorry Oh no, DreamWorks are the second biggest. I mean, certainly, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're counting Pixar with Disney, I mean, DreamWorks have churned out some really successful franchises. Uh, they've obviously, you know, you've had Kung Fu Panda, we've had three films, we've had four Shrek films, three Madagascars, uh, even Flushed Away, which wasn't a huge box office hit, but it was it was a good film. Um, but I think I think yeah, Disney, Pixar, Pixar especially. I think Pixar, I mean, I've probably mentioned this to you before. I think Pixar are one of the greatest, if not the greatest film studio out there. I think if we're talking about consistency, taking the uh, taking the Cars films out of the equation. I mean, I thought the first Cars film, the first Cars films, it was OK, but it was clearly veered towards a younger audience. Um, yeah, I think Pixar is fantastic, very consistent. And, uh, uh, you know, aside from maybe a couple of missteps along the way, they've just had good film after good film. Yeah, yeah. Got Onwards this year uh, that came out. Soul, which is out soon, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and 4, and a bunch of other films as well. So, uh, um, in, what did I watch the other day? In, Inside Out. Uh, that's another great film. So... Um, yeah, they've they've consistently hit it out of the park as well. Uh, I suppose where the, where a lot of people would argue is like, oh, Disney is because obviously not a lot of people have been very happy with Star Wars and what Disney have done there. Um, it is it's interesting because one of the things because we've talked about this sort of casually um, over the last couple of weeks or, or whatever. And one thing that you kind of had pointed out is that the three I say the three big ones because he had Solo, you had Rogue One, 
which yeah. are sort of more still canon but like side stories i suppose uh, of course rogue one's the prequel to uh goes right into episode four doesn't it and then solo's obviously the solo prequel and stuff um because i think you pointed out with episode seven eight and nine obviously uh the, the the new trilogy that we've got they made less money as they as they went on i remember you saying something to me about that uh, yeah, For- Force Awakens actually went on when that was released. That was actually the third highest grossing film of all time. It made two billion dollars. I mean, it was actually it was a film that was hugely anticipated. Obviously, it was Disney's first Star Wars film. Last Jedi made just under one point four. So just over six hundred million dollars less. I mean, that's still that's still a big box office success. That's a huge film. But yeah. that's over yeah. six hundred million less. And then I haven't actually checked Rise of Skywalker's box office gross, but I do know it took a lot longer to hit the billion dollar mark than what Last Jedi did. Yeah. So I'm going to assume, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Rise of again, a huge box office hit, but it's probably made less than Last Jedi, which kind of tells me that maybe there are a lot of people out there. There's obviously a huge fan base. It's Star Wars is always going to be. It's one of the mass, you know, it's the biggest franchise. But the thing is, are people losing faith in Star Wars since Disney have actually took over the hell? Hmm. Because going by the box office takings, I would say probably there are probably people that have lost lost a lot of faith in that franchise. Hmm. It's interesting you mentioned that as well because I I do think partly that that's true. Obviously, there's some people that are you know, still love it and all that, but it has, I say, lost some of its audience, but still doing incredibly well. It's interesting you mentioned that as well, because obviously it's mentioned in here um, with the streaming services with, with Warner Brothers and uh, Disney. You've got HBO Max coming out soon. You've still got HBO out anyway. Obviously, they're still doing TV shows and stuff. Uh, Westworld at the moment and, and Run and a bunch of other shows. Um that I I do think in terms of Star Wars specifically, as we're on the as we're on the topic of that, um, I think they should probably yeah shelve the films until because they're supposed to be like a, a bunch of other directors who are coming in and doing their own trilogies yeah. and all that. Uh, I think what they should probably do yeah leave leave Star Wars on the big screen shelf if you will uh, until like 2022 or 2023 or maybe maybe even later than that. Let because um, obviously Mandalorian came out that was a success. I don't really know many many people that didn't like it. I like it. You've liked it. David has. Robert has. I think Bex has seen some episodes. She liked it as well. Uh, m- most of the people that I've you know talked to online and stuff have have definitely enjoyed the Mandalorian. And uh, it's interesting with that as well because one thing when when we did our spoiler free review for uh, episodes one to four of uh, Mandalorian, one of the things I pointed out with that is I think one thing that's massively helped the Mandalorian is you've had a change of pace in a lot of different ways you have switched this to a tv show you've switched it to a uh, streaming service still got an incredible amount of budget there so that's not obviously an issue for them Uh, obviously disney got loads of money and they can they can still do that because they're essentially making a tv show on a film budget um or at least close to it or whatever um you then switched from the Skywalker saga's finished, so it's got nothing to do with. Obviously, it's still canon and all that. The Mandalorian. You switched away from Skywalkers. You've switched away from Jedi's and lightsabers and that. And you've also switched to um, like bounty hunters, Mandalorians, and all that. And uh, I think I think all those things combined, like it, it just it sort of doesn't really have anything directly to do with these these films that people didn't really like or whatever. And I think that was just a big change of pace for them. Uh, plus, you know, people like Baby Yoda. So you got that; it's got that going for it as well. Um, but would you would you agree with that? That's sort of one thing that's really plus. You know, Mandalorian is very very good, and a lot of people have agreed on that. But do you agree with that sort of assessment? I suppose. I, th- I think the Mandalorian is actually a great show, and I think it's yeah. actually restored 
them are my faith in Star Wars. It works perfectly as a TV series. You know, the production budget's very high. It's got a very cinematic quality to it. Uh, and I do like the fact that it has actually veered away from, you know, uh, the force, etc. It's more focused on the bounty hunting side of the galaxy, which yeah. I've actually always wanted to see on the big screen. Me too. Uh, yeah. But Boba Fett was such a, such an iconic character, you know, in the original trilogy. But obviously, because it was focused on Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, Boba Fett was a character that never really got to do much in the trilogy. And, uh, you know, we get some glimpses of some of the other bounty hunters like IG-88, Dengar and Bosk in Empire Strikes Back briefly. And I've always, whether it's on the small screen or the big screen, I've always wanted to see more of the bounty hunters. And this show has delivered. Um, yeah. There's one episode left to go in the UK on, obviously, the Disney streaming service. And I've been hooked. And, you know, not just because... You know, there's a very kind of Western-esque feel to it as well. It's, I mean, it kind of sounds silly to say this, but it's more grounded because it's less about Jedis and the Force. It's more kind of this, this bounty hunting side. It feels a lot more kind of grounded in that kind of sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, I love all the callbacks. For anyone that's a fan of the original trilogy, there's loads of alien species that we've not seen for ages. You've got the Jawas from the original Star Wars and no Hope, even the Devorian that was seen briefly in the uh, Mos Eisley Cantina and Star Wars, getting to see one of them play a major character in an episode. Um, I've loved it. I think there's been loads of nice little uh, Easter eggs and callbacks to the original film franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, get, get Mandalorian Season 2 out when they can. Obviously, they're going to start the MCU shows uh soon but just in terms of star wars like you got the obi-wan series on the way you got mandalorian season two on the way you've got the i can't remember the exact name of it but the rogue one tv show i can't remember the name of it but they've got that one on the way that's that's three seasons of tv just just put them out just focus on them leave star wars out of the cinemas for i don't know four three or four years at least um and then and then come back to it eventually once you've got a solid sort of story and stuff uh, i think that's what they probably need to do but uh yeah it's it's correct what it says in here as well about you know them them sort of obviously they're going to be focusing on disney plus and they're going to have tv shows for that and uh films and and things like that so uh, that's going to be good for them as well so um but uh yeah i mean it's it's a piece of history that i think is important some people might think that that's kind of silly because it's to do with film or i don't know some people might agree or whatever um but it's people like history there's it's a bit of history that's here um again i don't know how many people actually know that this is the case but uh yeah there we go disney have disney have done that um so we'll see what they obviously it's not going to be when, when would you i mean because the skywalker saga's finished the mcu is going to be quiet let's say for a little while or sort of rebuild rebuilding re itself really uh you know you've just sort of finished with the some of the avengers um you've got obviously spider-man in there now and you're going to basically be building it to where you're, you're in your next lot of sequels so like captain marvel 2 doctor strange 2 black panther 2 spider-man 3 whatever that's going to be called um and then you've obviously got the tv shows in there so the mcu's in a bit of a rebuilding phase which I think we can, uh, you know, we knew that that was going to be the case after this big um, saga sort of ended. But um, yeah, we'll see what they got in store. Um, when do you think that we could see another year that's anything like this? Oh, uh, well, that's tough to say. I mean, I could certainly expect. Um, I haven't actually looked at the whole lineup of uh, films for next year, but uh, you can guarantee top ten. You could put money on it and say Disney are probably going to have half the film in the top ten. 
but to get to get nine out of the top ten, um, yeah, I mean that's that's a hell of an achievement. I mean, yeah. I, I'm really interested to see what their next to see what Pixar are doing next because after Toy Story four, which came out last year, obviously it made just over a billion dollars, uh, like Toy Story three did. Um, you know, Pixar have actually said that they're more they're 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 actually focused on uh, original films now. They don't actually want to be doing any sequels for the for the foreseeable future. Um, so you know, because obviously Pixar's churned out quite a few sequels. You know, we've had four Toy Story films, and I'll admit, like I said to you before, I thought a Toy Story four was probably going to be one film too many. I loved the Toy Story trilogy, but it was a really good film. It was a really good movie. Um, so I'm interested really to see animation wise. I really want to see what Pixar are going to do after Soul. Uh, I really want to see what the Disney Animation Studio have got up their sleeves as well. I haven't actually seen Frozen 2 yet. Um, I'm probably going to be watching that sometime soon. Uh, I think, with that's, the... um, I think that's July for Disney Plus, July 17th or something. Oh, so not... it'll be on this soon. Yeah. yeah be watching it i mean what did you what did you think because obviously frozen when that was released in 2013 that became the highest grossing animated film of all time uh what what's your what's your view on that film do you think frozen's an overrated film or does it deserve the you know the acclaim that it gets um my only problem with the first frozen was elsa didn't have enough screen time which might be a weird thing to say because she's the protagonist but that's just the way i felt um yeah. with the with the second one i thought okay elsa got a lot more screen time which i was happy with but there wasn't anything in frozen 2 that was as special as the first one i don't mean that in terms of like a new ip and you've got this special new thing here i just mean in terms of you know story characters everything that they did i don't think it was quite as special as the first one but i still think both of them are great films so yeah because yeah. i mean I, I i liked i liked frozen i liked it um but, you know, I probably said to you before, I think it's a perfectly good film. I just don't think it's really any better than half of the other animated films that Disney have put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't even think Disney quite envisioned just how successful Frozen was going to be. Like I said, it, I mean, it made nearly $1.3 billion, which Tangled came out about three years before it in 2010. And I actually thought Tangled was just as good. But Tangle just didn't seem to... I mean, it was marketed quite well. Um, it just didn't really take off nowhere near as well as, as, as Frozen at the box office. In fact, I think it only made around half of what Frozen did at the box office. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I know Frozen 2 is now the highest grossing animated film of all time, isn't it? Frozen 2. I think um, it's got one, It's got 1.26 billion for Frozen 2 here. I don't have other numbers, so... Okay, you've not um, seen Lion King yet, have you? Um, I probably saw the original one when I was younger, but I haven't seen the live-action one yet. Oh, so. Yeah, okay, because, I, yeah, I, I was just curious. I wondered what your take on that was. Okay, no, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen any, any of the uh, live-action stuff yet. Um, by the way, for people that don't know, there is a Lady in the Tramp live-action film. I don't know how many people know that, <laughs> that exists, but that's on there. I was yeah. making a joke to that oh, about you and, you and David. Um... Because it came out in November, it launched in November when Disney Plus came out, and then I'd completely forgotten about it. And then obviously a few months later in March, Disney Plus came out over here. And then you know the banners at the top of Disney Plus. I was scrolling through those, see what, like what they were trying to advertise me to watch or whatever. And the Lion King, not Lion King, the uh, Lady in the Tramp live action thing was on there. I was like, oh yeah, this exists. I hadn't seen anyone talk about it like at all. I don't know where people know that it's on there, but. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's received very little in the way of marketing, very little publicity. And do you know what? It's actually okay. I mean, the original 1955 film is actually one of my favourite old school Disney films. And I believe it was Walt Disney's personal favourite. Of all the films he worked on, that was his personal favourite because he was a huge dog lover. It was very much kind of, excuse the pun, a pet project for him. Um, I did not expect much from this film. And yeah. I liked it. I liked it. And I think the reason... To be honest, I think one of the reasons they didn't get they didn't give it a theatrical release, Dumbo was an underperformance and they just didn't think Lady in the Tram was going to do well at the box office. And it probably wouldn't have, to be fair. It probably wouldn't have done very well at the box It probably would have made less money than Dumbo. Um, but, you know, box office takings doesn't count for quality sometimes. There's good films out there that don't make much money and there's and there's rubbish films out there that make loads of money. Um, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You can't all you can't always equate quality to to to, to money. I, I thought it was okay actually. It made some changes to the original film, which some some of which I felt were necessary for for for, for this time period. Um, but I, I thought it was good. I mean, I would implore anyone that likes the original to at least give this give this remake um, a chance. You know. Yeah, it's on Sun Disney Plus. It exists, so go <laughs> check that out. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's Disney for 2019. Um, I think it's fair to say no one's going to get anywhere near that this year because, of course, cinemas have been closed for a month or six weeks or however long this thing has been been going on. But uh, we shall see once. Um, it'd be interesting to see, like, like kind of echoing a bit what you said, to see what they do, one, with, with some of the Fox properties because that's loads of stuff that they've got with Fox. Uh, I mean, I, I started looking up... Um, couple of weeks ago some different uh, properties that I thought might be kind of related to Fox and I was surprised that they sort of were or whatever um, so they got Fox obviously it'll be interesting to see what they do with like actual Disney films um, if they maybe I don't know if they'll do like a Frozen 3 or something uh, Pixar what they do next obviously they've got Onward that's just come out uh, you've got um, Soul that's going to be out soon I can't remember the exact date for that you've also got um, is it Artemis Fowl it's called that's going to be launching on Disney Plus yeah um, I think in June or something, so they got that. So obviously, what they're going to do next with Marvel, we sort of know some of that, obviously, and then they're going to do X-Men and Fantastic Four some point later. Uh, Star Wars, at the moment, I think they should just stick to Disney+, Plus, get those TV shows out that we know that are coming, and uh, take things from there. So, we shall see. Yeah, because they've just officially, uh, they've greenlit a third season for The Mandalorian, haven't they? They've already greenlit yeah. a third season, which is, obviously, they're very confident in, in the product they've got. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's, it's been years. It's been a long time since I've been excited for, for something Star Wars related. And uh, I think this is the best thing they've got right now. The Mandalorian is just a great show. I mean, so, so, I think Solo was proof that you can't just put Star Wars on something. It's going to automatically sell. Mm, yeah. um, Solo massively underperformed. I, I thought it was an okay film. I enjoyed it. But at the same time, it was unnecessary and i think it was ultimately kind of forgettable it's not a film that people are going to be talking about in years to come and that it was entertaining while it was on but it was a film that nobody really i don't really feel like there was any demand in solo nobody was really saying oh we need a hand solo film i think the box office takings kind of show that mm-hmm. uh, it's a shame really because uh, to be honest it, it, it's better than it had any right to be because there was a lot of production problems on that movie a hell of a lot the original director left the film. Seventy-five percent of the film got reshot. 
So it's actually surprising. The film actually turned out actually as entertaining as it did. Um, but uh, I think sequels, I'd like, as you know, I'm not really a huge fan of kind of animated sequels. And like, you know, but I'd like to see a Zootropolis too. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if you saw Zootropolis because I, I thought Zootropolis was the best animated film of 2016. Um, mm-hmm. Finding Dory is the one that I was more excited for. That was the biggest animated film of that year. That's the film that a lot of people were really anticipating. But Zootropolis came out, and I thought that was I thought that was a great Disney animated film, and I'd love to see a sequel to that. I don't know if Disney are been thinking about that. I'm not sure if it's planned or anything, but. Uh, I, I love the two lead characters in that film so much that I'd like I'd love to see them on screen again yeah yeah uh, no I've not seen Zootropolis but that's on Disney Plus as well so uh, I can go and check that out whenever so um, but that's everything I think we wanted to discuss for this podcast um, we'll see whenever someone gets anywhere near this box office number in the future, or if something beats Endgame, I have no idea. Uh, it, it will take quite something, I think, for either of those numbers, let's say, to be beaten. So, we shall see in the future. But, uh, yeah, thank you all very much for listening. Of course, you can find everything else on entertainmenttalk.org. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>